Hey, welcome back to this Saturday edition of Locked On Spurs. Your pretty much your one stop for everything you need to know about the silver and black right here on Locked On Spurs. I am Jeff Garcia, lead Spurs writer over at News for San Antonio and Fox 29 SanAntonio.com. So your Spurs will be facing the OKC Thunder again. Coming off that thrilling double overtime win at the AT&T Center. LaMarcus Aldridge had a bunch of points. So did uh, Derek White. The whole crew played phenomenally. It was a thrilling night. Hopefully the Spurs will do it again tonight. But this time out in OKC. So to do that and a lot more, I'm going to be joined by first-time guest on Lockdown Spurs, Carl Shoning. Carl, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, yeah, exciting time right now for the Spurs and uh, their fans. Yeah, by the way, how much coffee did you have to drink the day after that thrilling double overtime game? I think mean, all of San Antonio stood up, stayed up super late to watch the Spurs get that W. Oh, I probably still had my standard cup or two of coffee. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, it was a uh, later night than expected. Uh, I even I even recorded the game because I um, – was calling the Austin Spurs game that night in Austin. So mm-hmm. uh, of all the games to miss, because I'm at every home game, um, except for when I'm broadcasting for the Austin Spurs. And um, well, yeah, crazy game. Well, I'm glad you brought up your work with the Austin Spurs. Uh, for those of y'all who do not know Carl, uh, as he said, he works with the Austin Spurs. He actually calls the game for the San Antonio Spurs uh, G League affiliate. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. Make sure to follow him at KS Media 13. When it comes to Austin, San Antonio Spurs, or NBA in general, Carl is the guy to go to. And also, if you need some yoga tips, he's also going to helpful. He's also helpful in that department as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, let's go and dive right into this. But now, before we talk about tonight's matchup uh, against uh, OKC again, uh, let's talk about a little bit what you do with the Austin Spurs. And I, and I find this very interesting. You know, I do my best over at the Spurs Zone at News 4 San Antonio uh, to, you know, at least once in a while, talk about the Austin uh, team, how they're doing. Um they're the defending uh, G League champs. How are they looking so far this season? Uh, it's a different roster. You know, I think yeah. that's one of the things about the G League. It's uh, fun in a way to keep up with because it's ever-changing. So, um, you know, uh, cool things about it are that the new rules they use in the G League could be implemented in the NBA someday, such as the 14-second shot clock reset. And uh, other things are just huge roster turnover. So um, you're talking about, having Lonnie Walker as the Spurs first round pick on assignment, as opposed to Derek white. And, you know, uh, those guys uh, have different skill sets. So thus Blake Ahern has to adjust for the talent that he's given from the club or uh, adjust to the talent that he has left over when players like Walker or drew Eubanks, one of the two way guys are Mm -hmm. up the affiliate club. So it's, um, it's a fun league to keep up with because everybody has their own challenges, but they're all, seeking a uh, better job, essentially. You get to see what could possibly be the future of the San Antonio club um, firsthand. Uh, you, you mentioned Walker. Uh, there's Chemezi Metu, who's playing this season, uh, and a couple of other guys. Spurs fans, they know about Walker. They know about Metu. But are there any other guys that could possibly could get a look from either the Spurs or an NBA club? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I think um, whenever you look at any G League roster, there's probably guys that um, 
could probably help a team somewhere. So mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite guys to watch is uh, Amita Brima. I think he's a really good defensive center. He's a legit 6'10", 6'11", solid uh, 250, 260, and um, he's pretty athletic. So that's one of the things about the G League. There's a lot of athletes down there, and um, there's a lot of guys that can help NBA rosters. Uh, like, you know, you saw Jerron Blossom game um, eventually work out a deal where uh, he signed a two-way contract with the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers not as vet heavy, not as um, ambitious of goals as the San Antonio Spurs said, yeah, we can go ahead and throw Lonnie Walker into an NBA rotation and see how he does. And um, I'd say partly because he spent some time with the Spurs in the Spurs organization. Um, uh, Jerron Blossom game has had a pretty solid NBA career here in his first year of getting NBA minutes. So um, a lot of these guys really are just kind of a phone call away from saying, hey, you know, our starting three twisted his ankle, and that means uh, we just need a little bit more depth. So uh, will you go ahead and be our third string forward for 10 days and see how it goes? And right. you know, if they get in and they have a hot shooting night, you never know what that kind of consistency will build upon. And uh, consistency and overall skill set is what they're working on down there in the G League. Yeah, you get to see also the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs, that is, system being implemented in Austin. Um they say that the San Antonio system takes a while to get a grasp, uh, get a handle on. But these guys out in Austin, they, they really can learn the system. And it's really a proving ground, for, proving ground for them, whether it be with the San Antonio club or uh, continuing their development in the uh, G League. Yeah, it's, it's game experience, essentially. Uh, you could probably look back to, you know, maybe... Um, 2006, let's say the Spurs had Bano Udrich as um, their mm-hmm. backup point guard. Um, he, I thought he played well his rookie year, which was like, uh, I think, 04, 05. But, you know, his second year, Nick Van Exel came on to the team. And thus, Bano didn't really get a chance to play. And, um, you know, maybe at a time like that would have been good to send him to Austin. But considering mm-hmm. just the state of the D-League at that time, uh, sending a guy like Bano to the D League might as well be sending somebody like, um, you know, a uh, NBA player to college at the time. So mm-hmm. um, the the league as it's as a whole has gotten a lot better, especially in the last three to five years, I would say. Yeah. So uh, that that creates opportunities for these guys who aren't getting minutes in you know championship caliber caliber rotations to eventually be ready to step in as opposed to um, just being on the bench and not really getting any game experience in terms of running the system, working with uh, more athletic defenders, closing out from a further three-point line. So uh, those kind of things all factor into it. The 24-second shot clock, something that, especially for rookies who were just in college with a 30-second shot clock and you know maybe a couple guys that they'll eventually see in the NBA, now they're talking about fringe NBA players um, in 24-second shot clock and up-and-down action of 100-something points a game. And, uh, you know, these guys all improve because of that. You mentioned a couple of other guys right now, Derek White, um, um, maybe another guy, Bryn Forbes. To see them succeed right now this season with San Antonio, um, it's got to put a smile on your face considering, you know, you you cover the uh, Austin uh, team quite Quite closely. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I keep up with Austin uh, yeah. pretty much as often as I can, and uh, yeah, you know, like everyone's kind of a little bit in shock of Derek White uh, and how he's been <laughs> playing. And, uh, I understand the differences between the NBA and the G League, but uh, the G League really gave Derek the confidence that he has right now because it's sort of like Major League Baseball in a way, where MLB and NBA are obviously the highest you can go in the sport, but uh, all of the prospects are in double A ball, but all of the better all around players are in triple A ball. So at the moment, right. all of the best prospects are in college trying to go up against guys who might not even be in the G League uh, eventually. And then, hey, you know, you're, you're talking about the guys that are drafted top 10. Yeah, they probably go right into your rotation. At least you would hope so. But guys that are you know, going on to teams that made the playoffs last year and, you know, maybe uh, like we were talking about, it takes about three years to get the Spurs mm-hmm. system. NBA offenses are very structured. So are NBA defenses, much more than colleges, especially colleges that rely on one and done players. So um, there, there's a lot of little um, IQ things that, uh, you know, is the difference between uh, G League and the NCAA and the NBA that, you know, hopefully the G League is a nice stepping stone where, you know, if you can consistently perform at an above average level at the G League, then you are probably ready for the NBA. But if you're not consistently, you know, showing that you can make an impact at the G League, it, it's maybe becomes questionable where your fit in the NBA might be. Yeah, well, let's talk about a little bit about what you do, uh, getting ready for uh, an Austin game. Uh, what goes into your preparation game day? Uh, first things first, um, I, you know, check the schedule and see what time the game is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very important. That, that's a good one, especially yeah. since, uh, like, uh, this previous weekend, um, it was, uh, the Memphis hustle that were in town. It was a noon tip off and the Spurs were ironically enough playing the Memphis Grizzlies that night in San Antonio too. So one Spurs Memphis game to another, uh, that one tipped off at uh, noon in Austin and then seven thirty in San Antonio. So Drew Eubanks and Lonnie Walker also made the trip with me, not not in the same car, but mm-hmm. from Austin to San Antonio. <laughs> and, um, you know, so that's one of the things, checking out what's going on, what time the game is. And then um, uh, luckily for me, the G League put, uh, airs a lot of their games on platforms that I can easily access, such as Facebook or um, uh, ESPN+. Plus. So I'll just check out how the games have been going the last couple games for the uh, upcoming opponent. And um, a lot of times I probably haven't seen the other team. So like last night, first time I've ever seen Santa Cruz in person. So um, I went ahead and watched their most recent game uh, and then even a little bit more of the game before just so I could get an idea of what the players looked like, what they moved like, what their games were like. And then I just go ahead and write out a roster essentially Mm -hmm. by hand and include statistics and um if i want to do any like google searches on guys that i might not have heard of but you'd be surprised how many guys it's like oh yeah i remember him at you know (laughs) this school that he went to so you know a lot of college all-stars out there that didn't quite make it in the nba but if you keep up with college basketball it's like oh yeah i remember him um one thing i've been kind of curious about is uh this season's roster in austin has a former san antonio pick dewan blair um (laughs) Yeah, how has that been? You know, watching him come back into the league, 
uh, after after he's have, having some moderate type of success in San Antonio before I uh, know he left the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, he's back. Have you had a chance to talk to him? Have you had a chance to understand, you know, his goal now? Um, he's kind of back in the NBA and well, looking to get his way back into the NBA, that is. You know, I think anybody in the G League um, wants to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Dewan's time uh, maybe has come and gone because uh, he's not really getting too much time. Uh, he didn't play a minute last night. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when, with Chemezi Metu down, Metu's getting the majority of the minutes there at the four. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, big man rotation kind of slims down to uh, Brima and even Ben Moore will play some four or the other Spurs two-way contract guy. Um, so, no, Dewan. Uh, he's lost a little bit of athleticism, which you just mm-hmm. come to expect. He's not 24 years old anymore. And someone like Dewan, who was undersized to begin with, you can't really lose that athleticism that kind of helped you make up for your size advantage. But, uh, you know, I'm sure regardless of what people like me might say about his chances of getting to the NBA, he's out there doing his own thing, uh, doing his best to reach his goals, I'm sure. So, um, uh, he's a solid vet to have around. Obviously, he knows the system, so he can help out other players. And uh, I think he's still an effective player when he comes into the games. But uh, the question of whether or not he can do it on an NBA level consistently, um, you know, that that's the real question for the league whenever they're thinking about bringing up a G League guy. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it was it's good to see him trying to still reach that goal. Um, it was unfortunate, you know, how things ended with him in San Antonio. But hopefully that goal will um, re- be realized soon for Dewan Blair. All right. So we're going to take our first break. When we get back, Carl and I are going to be talking about tonight's matchup, Spurs at Thunder. All right. We are back. And I'm joined by Carl Schoening. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at KSmedia13. He is the voice of the Austin, Spur- Austin Spurs. Uh, we do the radio. Is that correct, uh, Carl? Oh, I do the internet broadcast, and internet um, broadcast. Okay. I, I, we platoon it. Um, Dan Weiss will do the regional televised games on mm-hmm. Fox Sports Southwest with Matt Bonner, and um, Lincoln Rose and I will alternate games. Not alternate, but uh, uh, I'll make the games essentially that Lincoln can't make, which comes out to about eight games apiece for all three of us. All right. Well, that sounds good. Again, make sure to follow him on Twitter at KS Media for all your Austin Spurs uh, needs. Uh, he got his cover there as well as uh, NBA. And he's just a good guy to talk to on Twitter. He really is. Um, all right. So, uh, Carl, uh, the Spurs and Thunder are going to hook up once again in a home and home series, uh, this time in OKC. I, I got to ask you this. What were your thoughts about that double OT game? I mean, my goodness, that had to been ranked right up there this season so far uh, with a close, maybe second being Claw, Kawhi Leonard's return to the Alamo City. Yeah, well, I mean, out of all the games that I was going to miss because of, you know, the Austin Spurs, this is probably one of like two or three. And it happened to be what will probably go down as the game of the year in the NBA regular season. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, no. You know, take away the fact that these are probably two teams that will, you know, maybe run into each other in the playoffs at some point, just the way it seems like it might look the first, second, third round. You never know with um, the way both of these teams in terms of their ceiling could be. Um, but it, it's uh, it, it was just outstanding. Obviously, Russell Westbrook uh, mm-hmm. putting up his career high in assists. I think it was 24. Um, 
He was seven rebounds away from a 20-20-20 game. Um, wow. wow. Uh, you know, like um, LaMarcus Aldridge having 56, uh, Derek White and Terrence Ferguson both having mm-hmm. pretty good game. Their career highs in points, double overtime, uh, a big win against a, a barometer team. You know, I, I call those um, home court advantage teams barometer teams because you want to be a home court advantage team yourself. So thus mm-hmm. can you beat them. Um and um, the the Spurs obviously did. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think in the second night of a back-to-back, too, which uh, kind of had, I think, Spurs fans a little scared of, uh, did the Spurs have enough gas in their tank to uh, pick up the, the win in overtime and then into double overtime? But, man, just uh, gutty performance all around by the Spurs. It really was. Great. Yeah, it really was a gutty performance. And you also throw this into, you know, they could not miss from the three-point line whatsoever in that first half. They're perfect uh, at one point during the game. Yeah, they made their first 14, which is an NBA record now. Like, most consecutive uh, threes made without a miss to start a game. Yeah, exactly. So, needless to say, the Spurs were hot, whether it be inside with LMA or outside with Bellinelli and Forbes and White and Bertons knocking down their shots. But I guess the big question tonight heading into OKC is this. Do you think it will have another NBA Instant Classic? Or, uh, how, I mean, or is this something else? I mean, if you're the Spurs, how do you go into tonight's matchup knowing you're just coming off an emotional game? Oh, good question. Uh, you, you know, it's one of those things where I think you're going to realize that the fans are going to be amped up because of what happened in San Antonio a few nights before. Uh, the, the Thunder themselves are going to be amped up because they probably felt like, you know, you look at that game tape, they could have done one thing here, another yep. thing there. Um, Paul George committed an offensive foul. Or no, Paul George didn't commit an offensive foul. He was fouled in transition fouled. by Derek right. White. And that was a um, that was a three on one, you know, um, and who knows what Paul George was thinking when he looked back at it on uh, tape. But obviously he had a chance somewhere there to, um, you know, not let Derek White win that play, essentially. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a foul to give. And that was a huge play by Derek White to make sure that there was no free throw attempts or field goal attempts between them on that three-on-one after Bellinelli got the ball stolen from him. So, you know, little things like that will stay with a team and be a little extra motivation to win. So mm-hmm. uh, it's what, like Pop says, appropriate fear. And the appropriate fear should be a pretty high level for tonight's game because the Spurs uh, will understand the kind of intensity. Again, one of these barometer home court advantage teams are going to be throwing at them, especially considering the events from earlier in the week. Well, not forget this too, uh, Carl. Spurs, are, you know, they don't play that great away from the AT&T Center. They have a well below 500 record uh, on the road. And which begs the question, is that a situation or that one number, that stat right there, below 500 road record for San Antonio, do you throw that out the window uh, heading into tonight's contest, knowing that that Spurs team to start the season is no longer here anymore because this Spurs team now and present at the halfway mark of the season is completely different. They're gelling. They're looking like they're on the same page heading into tonight's contest versus OKC. 
Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing to be in those meetings, which I'm not, um, is <laughs> do you, yeah, do you just essentially, uh, chalk it up to a piece of information that doesn't affect the future? You know, it's, uh, yeah. empirical data that, uh, doesn't necessarily mean the, what, whatever the Spurs winning, uh, percentage is on the road means, oh, we have this percentage of a chance to win tonight. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's more of a, uh, in my opinion, a situation of, Hey, yeah, we uh, go back to your your other form of memory, which is uh, we're playing well lately, and let's see if right. we can turn this around. It's probably something that's being discussed internally because uh, the Spurs don't ignore anything, but it's also one of those things where the past doesn't necessarily predict the future. Exactly. So, you know, if you need it for motivation, hey, you, you know these are professional athletes. Uh, whatever helps them get up uh, is is good, but. For the most part, you try and go into each moment with uh, new expectations that the past doesn't really dictate how you do in this new moment. What is a key for San Antonio 2-9 versus OKC to get the road win? Uh, you know, um, we'll have to see uh, if Steven Adams is limited. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. take advantage of uh, him if he uh, is still feeling some effects from the ankle. Otherwise, uh, see if LaMarcus Aldridge is still hot from the other night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not keep rolling with that? Uh, either way, if it's uh, Steven Adams who's a little hobbled or uh, uh, one of their forwards that uh, they kind mm -hmm. of throw out there, they, they might not really have an answer for LaMarcus. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of a big deal when you're talking about uh, the young, young and long athletes they have led by Paul George out there on the perimeter to try and counter DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, despite maybe a rough shooting night, DeRozan probably had a really solid game just keeping the Spurs offense in a flow, right. still yeah. able to, you know, be a playmaker and get the ball moving. So um, an underrated aspect of the San Antonio Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, is just his contagious passing. Yeah, let's not forget, too, in that first meeting against Oklahoma City, he was just a few rebounds away from a second triple-double of his career. So uh, he may not was lighting up the scoreboard offensively, as we know he was doing. He had 11 assists on the night, definitely getting guys involved and rebounding the ball as well. You know, Carl, tonight versus OKC, the one thing that I – you know, that I hope the Spurs do. And kind of one of my, uh, one of my keys to victory is get the crowd out early, come out and pop them in the mouth. Cause that OKC crowd is raucous. They're loud and they'll stand on their feet the entire game if they have to. Oh yeah. It's unreal what they get away with at home yeah. because I think that exactly. crowd kind of intimidates officials a little bit. Um, uh, I think that the Oklahoma city is possibly, you know, at first I thought it was just the novelty of it, but they really are just hardcore fans mm -hmm. of the only professional team in the state. So um, there's a lot of pride there. And, yeah, that would probably be a big thing going into the Spurs game plan of let's not get jumped on. Let's do the jumping. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the uh, general uh, thought process the Spurs can carry into the game of, hey, we throw the first haymaker. We can maybe weather the storm the rest of the night. but. Uh, yeah, you don't want to get behind early against an explosive team that can have that kind of home court advantage. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, you know, there is that guy, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, we probably be feeding off that crowd as well, and he'll be looking for um, at least uh, some redemption, although he had a phenomenal game. He really did. He kind of stunk it up in that, those, well, both OT periods in San Antonio. 
Yeah, you know, Russell Westbrook's problem is never effort. Um, (laughs) You know, you can't really stop Russell Westbrook, even if you put a brick wall in front of him. He's going to go through that brick wall. Um, Now, if you can teach that brick wall how to allow him, uh, allow Westbrook to just shoot three-pointers, that'd be ideal, you know? (laughs) Um, yeah, like because that that seems to be like the weirdest Achilles heel for Russell Westbrook. Anytime his team needs him to just kind of create a play for a three point shooter, or just go ahead and you know try and get an and one around the rim, use that explosive athleticism, he ends up settling for a three, which you know I don't think he does better than thirty yeah. percent uh, on on the season, maybe thirty one percent, but he's not an effective three point shooter yet. Um, he loves that shot. It's the home run ball. It's the money ball. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a weird thing that, uh, if he were to just not take threes at all, I feel like he would be a much better player. But, um, for now, Hey, uh, that was part of what happened the other night. He was just falling in love with his jump shot and the Spurs, uh, taking it obviously, because I'd rather have him shooting a, uh, uncontested 23 footer than a, uh, maneuver to the basket that could lead to an and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Spurs um, perimeter defense will be again tested tonight in OKC with Westbrook. And of course, uh, there's Paul George. He's another uh, handful there for San Antonio who dropped and he dropped 30 uh, points in the first meeting in San Antonio. So the Spurs have themselves a uh, doozy of a fight tonight in OKC. All right. So we're going to take our final break. We get back. Carl and I are going to give our predictions for Spurs OKC round two. Okay, we are back, and I'm joined by Carl Schoening. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at KSmedia13. He's a great follow. I urge everybody to go to their Twitter account right now, look him up, click that follow button. Carl, um, time to put it out there. How do you see tonight's game uh, ending out? Who gets the W? Uh, That's a good question. If I could predict the future, I would have won (laughs) the lottery at this point, and I... um, uh, no offense, Jeff. I probably wouldn't be on Twitter or doing media <laughs> stuff if I had won the lottery. You, so, you'd uh, probably be sipping my ties right now, somewhere on the beach. Yeah, yeah. You know that that'd be that'd be the thing if I could see the future. Um, you know, I really do want to say that the Spurs have turned a corner since uh, that the start of that was the six-game homestand back in mm-hmm. December. Um, they've been playing at just a really high level, um, and. Uh, with the exception of that little sputter against uh, the the Grizzlies in Memphis the other night, um, and even if you want to include that, the Spurs have been in every single game since this uh, the blowouts on the road before that six game homestand at the beginning of December. So, um, you know, I think the Spurs are in it, and if uh, they win the game tonight, it'll be a close close one, and if they um, uh, if they lose it, it'll be a close one. I just don't see this team necessarily getting blown out, especially as, um, you know, they uh, get everything uh, rolling as a team, as they've figured out, you know, the basic things such as how our offense is going to run with limited shooters. It's just, OK, those shooters have the ultimate green light to put up almost as many threes as they want because they're not going to ask DeRozan and Aldridge to shoot the threes. And I thought this coaching staff has done just a really good job of, um, doing their role, playing the money ball, essentially. And that means uh, they're going to keep games close, in my opinion. 
Yeah, you know, I got to agree with you there. I think the Spurs, um, they've been playing phenomenally um, since um, they turned things around. Uh, remember, they're getting blown out by 30-plus points a few games. The debacle versus Chicago at home, blowing a 20-plus lead. Uh, they're, they're, they're a different team now. Uh, they're gelling. They got that chemistry down. The numbers show it. The record is showing it. They're climbing up that uh, Western Conference playoff standing. So um, I think tonight is going to be another great battle between these two Western Conference uh, rivals. I think it's going to come down to the last quarter again. Final five, four minutes, and we'll determine the game. Uh, uh, but I do think uh, the Spurs may drop one tonight. I think uh, those uh, road uh, hiccups they have might rear its ugly head. They're playing against a team that's not going to want to be you know, going down 0-2 to the Spurs in the regular season series if some sort of tiebreaker is needed between these two teams. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough contest. I think the Spurs will get the the L tonight in OKC. But Carl and I, we're done. We want to know what you think. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Austin Spurs? Um, do you like what the Spurs in Austin uh, have been producing over the seasons and this year? And, you know, what do you like about them? Uh, also, what do you think about tonight's game? How do you think it'll end up? And uh, are you cheering for the Spurs to get the W? Or are you gritting your teeth and thinking, well, it might be a long night? Um, you can follow Carl at, take it away, Carl. KS Media 13 on both Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, obviously you work with the Austin Spurs. How can San Antonio fans keep in touch with the Austin club? Um, you know, when you call games, uh, what other outlets can they go to? Uh, you know, it, it shifts around. Uh, they they have a few platforms that they uh, broadcast mm-hmm. on. But if you follow the Austin Spurs, I believe it's at Austin underscore Spurs on mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram. They they have uh, pretty, pretty good social media staff there to just kind of keep everybody up to date. They tweet out daily uh, mm-hmm. tweet out highlights, those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that that'd probably be my recommendation. Keep up with uh, the G League team. And you mentioned that you cover them or you call, call the games uh, online. Is there a specific link fans can go to or just simply, again, go to the Austin Spurs website slash media, social media platforms? It would be the G League Facebook page. Uh-huh. But at the same time, the Twitter account tweets out the link to the broadcast before it's even available on Facebook. Like you can't. You can find the video, but you can't actually open the video and send the link until the broadcast goes live. So okay. um, the Twitter account, regardless of whether it's on ESPN Plus or Facebook, or I think every now and again there's a game on Twitch or Eleven Sports. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a few, the G League has a few contracts that they uh, work with, but the majority of the games will be on Facebook Live. There you go. Make sure to go to the Austin Spurs or G League Facebook Live uh, page and. Uh... Listen to Carl. Listen to Carl do his thing. And by the way, Carl, are you going to be going to uh, 90s night, Friday, January 18th, when the Spurs take on the uh, South Bay Lakers? Are, are you going to be dressing up in your 90s finest garb? Oh, uh, you know, I probably <laughs> will not be there. I think I'm going to be there the next. I'm thinking I'm going to be there the Sunday game the next day. Um but uh, I, I'll think about it. Maybe, I, you know, I was born in the night. Yeah, you could do it in spirit. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have anything that screams 90s, though. I, have, I think I, I have know. an old school Hakeem Olajuwon jersey. There but I can't go. wear it to the game. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, that, the, that might the, 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 that's, just a, 
that's just like a fun thing to go to for uh, Spurs fans that want to hit up an Austin game. Uh, 90s night. 90s night, January 18th. So that, that should be fun. But no, the it's Austin Spurs. Up. Yeah, it's $2 beer, too. So just oh, that's out good there. Too. <laughs> $2 beer. $2 beer. So another incentive to go out to uh, catch an Austin Spurs game. Uh, but um, yeah. So, so much is going on right now, uh, San Antonio and Austin Spurs fans. Uh, but you can keep up with me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. You can see everything that I do or at the Spurs Zone at News 4 San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. And also the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. So many teams to listen to from the Spurs to the Celtics to the Mavericks to the Bulls to the Lakers. They're all well represented. Every guy out there is doing a damn good job covering their specific teams so make sure to go subscribe to locked on spurs but for carl shoning i am jeff garcia we're gonna put a lock on this episode of locked on spurs 